Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Hour number two of the big program. Wednesday evening edition of 6.30 Chad Inside Sports. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight and for the rest of this week. And on Monday, Reed will be back in this chair on May the 1st. We are monitoring, keeping an eye out on the Toronto Maple Leafs, Boston Bruins Game 7 of their first round Eastern Conference playoff series. And the Leafs have stormed back from a 3-1 or from a 3-2 deficit. And they are now leading 4-3. couple of goals from uh, one goal from Travis Dermott, his first ever playoff goal. And Kasperi Kapanen, who got a nice shorthanded goal. And I know Tuka Ras led in four goals on... Uh, well, now it's 14 shots. A lot of people are going, what What the heck is wrong with him? And I know Tuka Rask has this reputation of being a not exactly the best big game goaltender out there. Uh, two tips, and Kapitan deked him out of his shorts. So, <laughs> I don't know. Kind of tough circumstances. you gotta give, you got to give the Leafs a lot of credit, too. Um, but definitely a game that is... Uh, well, after the first period of play, it was pretty even. And the Boston Bruins are getting... Probably more scoring chances right now. They're they're leading in the shot department by a by a count of uh, 22 to 14. So it is 4-3. The Leafs over the Boston Bruins. This is the final game of round one. Round two begins tomorrow. Two games on the docket in Washington. The Capitals will open up their second round Eastern Conference series against Yup again the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yes, who will not have Yevgeny Malkin or Carl Hagelin in their lineup. Uh, Malkin is dealing with oh let's see here uh, lower body injury of course <laughs> we don't get to know the actual injury lower body injury for uh, Malkin and Haglin is dealing with an upper body injury it sounds like Malkin is not as serious as Carl Haglin looks like looks like uh, Haglin can miss uh, a fair bit of the series, but Malkin maybe only misses a game, maybe two, but he should be back at some point early in the series. And then the Vegas Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks—they're itching, they're itching to play some hockey. Finally, of course, they swept their way through to the second round. Vegas dispatching the LA Kings in four. The San Jose Sharks dispatching the Anaheim Ducks in four games. So they'll get going tomorrow night in Vegas. That should be a really good series. I think maybe the underrated series of the uh, second round. Uh, This game tonight, the winner of uh, the Leafs-Bruins will take on the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday in the other Eastern Conference second round series. But uh, definitely the heavyweight matchup will begin Friday, 6 o'clock Edmonton time, Friday night, 
Winnipeg Jets in Nashville to play the Predators. Only the, uh, I saw a stat, I have to pull it up, but this is number one against number two overall in the National Hockey League. Kind of sad, Kellen, they have to meet in the second round. Yeah, that's just the way the, uh, the ladder kind of... Mm. You yeah. know, shakes out for each division. These sure. essentially are your divisional finals here at this point. Yep. That you got for each, just because you got the Metro playing each other, you got the Pacific playing each other, and yep. so on and so forth, right? So it's kind of a, it kind of harkens back to, you know, the old, old school days where you had the Patrick and the Smythe. For you sure. know, final and stuff, but you know, along those lines. But uh, just a quick thought on the injury thing: wasn't there a coach? And I want to say maybe it was like a Roger Nielsen tactic back when he was uh, coaching the Senators uh, in the early 2000s. There, mm-hmm. that had a player that was hurt, and he just came out in the scrum. And he said, "Yeah, he's hurt." And the reporter asked, "Okay, what kind of injury? Is that body injury?" Yeah. <laughs> So not upper or lower, just body. A body injury. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one time Cavis Reed said uh, a player had a muscular injury. Oh. Like. See, that's specific. That's even too specific for yeah. for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, <laughs> but we move on. So uh, that's the story as far as the injuries go uh, around the, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, Patrick Liney didn't practice. We'll hear. Uh, we'll 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 talk about this a little bit more later. But Liney, um, he missed practice today. Doesn't look like it's a serious injury. Should be good to go on Friday. And if they're not, well, hey, whatever. They'll be they'll be fine because they have weathered the injury storm all season long. Well, the Great Cup 2018 is uh, coming to Edmonton. And uh, we are very proud here, of course, Radio to be the official radio partner for the Grey Cup Festival in 2018. 2019 Grey Cup is going to Calgary. Commissioner Randy Ambrosi was on hand today to make the announcement. I played in one here myself in 1993, and I can tell you, as you've heard me say many times, it's one of the greatest, you know, one of the greatest experiences of my life, and and it worked out, you know, worked out beautifully. So again, I, I'm confident that this city is going to put on a great, great cup, and and we'll make it all work. So we'll talk about this and uh, other matters. We get, we head down to Calgary. Join our uh, colleague, uh, joined by our colleague, uh, the host of Sports Talk with Jock on News Talk 770 in Calgary. Uh, Jock, my uh, I don't know whether to call you my nemesis, my frenemy. I don't know what it is. You're a bit annoying at times, but I, I love you, man. How are you, you big jerk? Well, I, I tell you what, the Oilers are done. The Flames are done. Let's talk some football, Mr. Campbell, because I think <laughs> Alberta is going to be the place to be over the next couple of years. Uh, I think so. So, uh, Grey Cup 2018 is in Edmonton. Grey Cup 2019, and what is the worst kept secret? Well, you know, in everything's the worst kept secret because of social media. Everyone knows it. You know, like Halsey would say, "I knew that two weeks ago." Um, right. But yeah, we, you know, Calgary, Calgary's going to host the Grey Cup, uh, and and all I'm seeing on Twitter is, "Well, how can McMahon Stadium host a Grey Cup?" First of all, it has been 10 years since Calgary hosted the Grey Cup, so it makes sense. Yes. Yeah, you know why Calgary? Because Calgary was next up, and and let's let's be honest. Is McMahon Stadium a great stadium? No, it, you know as Ken King told me, uh, you know a number of years ago, there's only so much lipstick you can put on a pig, and 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 we know it's not a great stadium. And what I found interesting with today's announcement today, um, 
you know, November 24th, 2019, there's going to be really nothing done to the stadium between now and then. Uh, what they're not going to do is probably add some temporary seats. So it, it's what you see is what you're going to get for the Great Cup game in 2019. It's going to be a seating capacity of about 35,400. You know, in the end zones, they're probably going to put a few more corporate suite opportunities. So it, it's going to be a much smaller Great Cup than Edmonton is hosting, obviously, this year because Commonwealth Stadium is, is a much sexier and nicer building. Uh, but hey, it is what it is in the Canadian Football League, and we'd all love to have new stadiums like you have in Edmonton, uh, at least with an arena. But uh, we'll see how it all plays out. <laughs> the bottom line with the Grey Cup, and, and you know this very well, Dave, it, it's, the game is, 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 is obviously a big part of it, but it's the parties. It's the festivals. And I know Edmonton is going to do a great job. I know Calgary is going to do a great job. And it just adds to the rivalry because, you know, Edmonton is going to try to host this outstanding event, which they will, and then Calgary will try to one-up it and, and host even better parties and even a better uh, social. So we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. And I guess the, the big thing will be, will the Eskimos be in their own Grey Cup? Will the Calgary Stampeders be in their own Grey Cup? Uh, because I think the two best teams in the Canadian Football League are right here in Alberta. Yeah, I think you're right. But you know what happens every time the, the Stampeders get to a Grey Cup, right? Well, yeah, unfortunately <laughs> I do. At least you get to the Grey Cup. The, the, the Stampeders do. The Eskimos have, have, have had trouble in the last couple of years getting to the Grey Cup, but that's neither here nor there. You know what's interesting about that, Dave, is, yeah. you know, hey, do the Calgary Stampeders have a chance to get to the Grey Cup? Yeah, they do because of their quarterback, Bo Levi Mitchell, just because uh, you can say the same thing about the Edmonton Eskimos with Mike Riley. Now, the question in 2019, is Bo Levi Mitchell still going to be in the Canadian Football League or is he going to try? his hand at the NFL. He's only got a year left in his contract. And, you know, we had Bo Levi Mitchell on the show earlier today when they announced it. And he says, hey, obviously, if there is interest in the States and it's an interest that, you know, he just can't say no to, obviously, he's going to look at it. But he's also saying all the right things. He wants to be in Calgary and be a big part of Calgary. Uh, So we'll see how that one plays out. That's that's a story for next year. But I I still think if you're Bo Levi Mitchell at his age, you got to kick tires. Uh, I think you're right. Absolutely. 2019 is a significant year because of you know the the labor issue in the CBA and there will be a new CBA I mean uh, there's no way the players can sit out and not play games that's just not not feasible um, exactly they'll, they'll they'll find a deal so that's you know 2019 is an interesting year um, and and you know when I look at the situation in Calgary and I look at the arena situation which is a tie which is tied into the stadium situation I go okay well maybe this is the last time we're going to see McMahon Stadium host um, in its current form host a great cup game um, but you know a few weeks ago a few months ago that didn't seem possible because it looked like talks were dead between the flames and the uh, in the city of Calgary, but it sounds like there's some rumblings within city council in Calgary that uh, talks might start up again, or there's interest in talks starting up again. Well, you know, it's interesting, Dave, because, you know, when the Calgary Flames, what, about seven, eight months ago, proposed Calgary Next, it was such a great vision. And it just didn't go well with city councillors because they were going to uh, basically clean up an environmental disaster here on the Bow River with the creosote that was in the water. And they wanted to build this complex that not only included a field house, and if you can believe it, a city as wealthy as Calgary, uh, I have a city like Calgary, doesn't have a field house. What do you have in Edmonton about? 
three or four of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they proposed to have a field house, a brand new football stadium, and a brand new hockey arena. It was going to cost about a billion dollars. And I loved the vision. I, I wasn't really in love with the location, but I loved the vision. And that's the kind of visionaries we need, you know, here in Calgary to get this uh, kickstarted again. So, I, I, you know, now they're talking about the Victoria Park option in Calgary with the new arena. You know, it is it is the east side, and this has always been the mayor's pet project here in Calgary. He has this vision for the east side. It is being uh, basically uh, redone, which is very good for the downtown core here in Calgary, and it does include a new arena. But if we get that a new arena, what is going to happen as far as the football stadium? I, I don't see where the money can come from if you build a new arena and you throw in a new stadium. If we were going to get the 2026 Olympics, they're not even talking about putting money into McMahon Stadium for refurber- refurberation. What they're doing is they're talking about Stampede Park, you know, where the uh, chuck wagons and the rodeo goes during the Calgary Stampede. They're talking about putting money into that, and that's where the opening and closing ceremonies would be. So it does concern me about the future of McMahon Stadium because it is the oldest stadium in the Canadian Football League. It is not a pretty stadium. Concourses are awful. You know, even the mayor today said, hey, but it's still good enough to host the 2019 Great Cup Championship. Yeah, that's true. But guess what? We, we have a brand new library here in Calgary because the mayor, you know, really cares about the arts, which there's nothing wrong with the arts. But guess what? Our old library was good enough, too. But no, we get a new library, but we don't get a new football stadium. You know, we have a fair few uh, arena here in Calgary. Always good enough until the roof fell in. So, you know, is that what we're going to wait here at uh, McMahon Stadium, too? We're going to wait until it's, uh, you know, structurally no longer sound, and then we're going to have to put the money into it? That's not visionary thinking as far as I'm concerned. I I agree with you. And it sounds like, and we're joined by Jock Wilson, the host of uh, Sports Talk with Jock on News Talk 770 in Calgary. Um, You know, it sounds like people and some people within council are getting a little antsy here, you know, and going, mm-hmm. well, if we lose the flames, what's that going to mean for the city? It's probably not going to mean uh, very good things. And it, it happened here, right? And I don't think the Oilers were in any danger of leaving at all, but the, 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 even the thought of it or, or the discussion of it scared council enough and I think got both sides back to the table. It's, it wasn't the whole factor or the, or, the, or the sole factor, but it was a big factor. But... You know, I, I believe I read a comment from uh, Randy Ambrosi today, or, or the comment, basically, I'm paraphrasing, but if uh, you can if you can lead me to the guy to talk to about a new stadium, uh, let me know. And that's the problem right now. If Calgary Next is left on the shelf, what's next for McMahon Stadium? That's the scary thing, because you're right. It has to be upgraded. Um, it's the only stadium in the league that hasn't been, uh, if, you know, outside of Montreal, but there's, you know, there, there's some charm with that, with Molson Stadium, uh, you know, comparison to McMahon Stadium. Um, it's a real issue. Yeah. Well, no, and I agree with you. And and Calgary Sport and Entertainment, of course, they own the Calgary Stampeders. They own the Calgary Flames. They own the Calgary Hipman. They they own the Calgary Rush. So they they basically own professional sports here in Calgary. And, you know, Murray Edwards is one of the richest men in this country. And, you know, there's the great debate, you know, how much money should, you know, the owners put in, how much money should come from the public coffers from that perspective. I I think the Flames have just had enough. And and they, they would take the deal that, you know, Edmonton, got in a heartbeat. And I think what's going to be really interesting, Dave, I, I don't think you're, you know, we've seen this playbook on new arenas. And, you know, you can talk, uh, you know, because you can talk a lot about better than I can with what happened in Edmonton. Uh, do we see a situation where the Calgary Flames will say, uh, we're going to do a, you know, a site visit of Quebec City? And I, I don't know if we're going to get to that point. What I, my, my feeling would be is Murray Edwards is getting a little bit older. He now lives in London. And, you know, has he just had enough? And, and the other owner 
ownerships, uh, the, the owners of this uh, hockey club, they're getting very old, and and uh, they just had enough. I could see, you know, Murray Edwards and the rest of the owners just saying, okay, we're going to sell the team. And if you sell the team, then all bets are off because does somebody in you know Quebec City want to buy the team? Does somebody in Houston want to buy the team? That could be a totally different uh, scenario. I do believe that if the current ownership st- stays in place, they're not going anywhere. I agree with that 100. Uh, percent When we talk about the stamps on, on the field, uh, it was a you know I, I think a typical stamps off season uh, mm-hmm. where John Huffnagel, the general manager, tries to prioritize his own free agents. It looked like he 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 signed some. Um, trying to sign some bargain deals in free agency. Uh, but then the Roy Finch thing happens uh, last oh. week. Um, that's, you know, when I look at that, I look at the Stampeders and go, you know, that this is probably still the best team in the CFL, in my opinion. Um, but the Roy Finch situation was probably the curveball that John Huffnagel was not expecting at all. Uh, I think a lot of fans are saying the same thing. So you're on to something there. And, and Roy, you know, we had a similar situation last offseason with Tommy Campbell. And that was, uh, you know, obviously uh, we thought no way was Tommy Campbell ever going to return to the Canadian Football League. It ended up uh, working out in Tommy's favor. Uh, With Roy Finch, uh, this one is a very, very delicate situation. And if he cannot return to Canada, that is a huge blow for the Calgary Stampeders. Not only is the top special teams player in the country, you know, he was going to take a bigger role on offense this year as well. And let's not forget, the Calgary uh, Stampeders have really gone through a little bit of a youth movement. Some of it because, you know, some of the players like Rob Cote and Josh Bell, team captains, they decided to retire. Josh Bell is still part of the coaching staff, but, you know, Mark Way McDaniel, they just couldn't afford that contract anymore, uh, very similar to Darius Bowman. And, and Mark Way McDaniel was comfort food for Bo Levi Mitchell. You look at second down conversions, he was the guy. He was like 75% of the, the times that he would be targeted, you know, by Bo Levi Mitchell. So, you know, somebody else is going to have to take on that responsibility. And, of course, the running back situation is going to be totally different heading into the 2018 season. No longer Jerome Messam, who is going to carry the rock for the Calgary Stampeders. I think that's going to be very interesting to watch in training camp. But, yeah, if Roy Finch does not return to Canada in 2018, that is a huge hole to fill. And I I don't know how they're going to fill it right now because you can't replace a guy like Roy Finch. Yeah, no question about it. But uh, John Huffnagel always seems to find talent. That's That's what makes the Stampeders scary good, and that's the number one weapon, in my opinion, on the Calgary Stampeders. Bo Levi Mitchell is good. They got some good pieces on their offense, defense, special teams, but John Huffnagel's their secret weapon, in my opinion, because he just always seems to find uh, find talent. Yeah, and 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 that's that's what makes good organizations, right? You need the good, good Canadian talent. You got to find the uh, the few diamonds in the rough, and and you know, hey, they're going to have this uh, mini camp this coming weekend, I believe Sunday and Monday. They've had all those mini camps, and they've you know gathered the the cream of the crop, and I believe sixty five players. John Huffnagel was telling me earlier today are going to be attending the the final camp, you know, for the Calgary Stampeders, and they always bring in one or two players. Uh, this year, they might have to bring in a few more because there are some some roster spots available on this team. Yeah, no doubt. Uh... Uh, it'd be, be interesting to see what happens this season. Uh, 2018 Grey Cup in Edmonton and then 2019 Grey Cup in Calgary. It'll be good. Uh, both cities know how to throw a party, and both organizations are first class. So, uh, And hopefully, hopefully this arena situation for the Calgary Flames gets resolved and there's something there for the Stamps as well with uh, McMahon Stadium because uh, I, I think the city of Calgary deserves both. 
Well, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with that as well, and I think you can probably throw CFL Week. I'm hearing rumble, rumblings that uh, Edmonton is going to host CFL Week in, uh, in 2019, so it yeah. could be, like I said, the hub of, of Alberta right here in uh, the Canadian Football League. But, yeah, we'll, we'll play. I, I, I'm not holding my breath. I, I'm, I'm wondering if I'll still be employed in this business uh, by the time a new arena is built in this city. So. <laughs> okay, we'll end, that on, end this on a morbid note, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Jock, as always, I appreciate your time. Thanks, my friend. Uh, football season is around the corner. Uh, can't wait to get it going and uh, pretty exciting today. So thanks for uh, uh, talking about the big news and uh, today uh, with Calgary hosting the 2019 Grey Cup. Dave, anytime. And oh, how did you open this interview? You called me a jerk. Is that right? Yeah, well, that's uh, that's our thing. So. <laughs> and, and plus, I'm still bitter because I keep losing Labor Day bets. <laughs> you take care, my friend. Yes, you too, Jock. Thank you so much. Jock Wilson, the host of Sports Talk with Jock uh, down at... Uh, uh, our our uh, affiliate station, Newstalk 770 in Calgary. And I'll probably bet again this Labor Day and hope that finally Jock will be able to fly an Eskimo flag at his office for a week instead of that red and white thing that I've been forced to uh, or have agreed to fly here. It's a pretty gross sight around here. People give me the stink eye. 4-3, uh, the Leafs over the Bruins after two periods of play. Game 7 of their first round Eastern Conference playoff series. All right, so 4-3 Leafs over the Bruins. 20 minutes left in this hockey game, Game 7 of the Eastern Conference First Round Series. The Raptors, by the way, they win Game 5 of their first round Eastern Conference Series in the NBA over the Washington Wizards, 108-98. to News is next with Thomas Dias from the 630 Chet 24-Hour News Center. We'll, uh, up to, we'll get you all up to date on what has happened in this hockey game, and we will talk a little basketball. Three-on-three style coming up on the final half hour of Inside Sports on this Wednesday evening. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. 735, welcome back to the program. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight for the rest of the week, including... Monday. Reed will be back on Tuesday, May the 1st. Uh, tomorrow on the show, uh, a little bit of a boxing theme. Uh, we'll hear from Jelena Marjanovic, who is uh, going to be competing in her 50th fight. She hasn't fought in Edmonton in two years. So it's at the Shaw Conference Center on Saturday. So the pre-fight news conference is tomorrow. So we'll hear from Jelena. We'll also hear from Adam Braidwood, uh, local heavyweight. Also a... Um, Former member of the Edmonton Eskimos, former first-round pick back in 2006, spent a few years here as a defensive lineman, pretty good player, uh, but now is into the boxing ring. So there you go. Uh, that's what will be happening tomorrow, plus much, much more. We'll talk about this Game 7 between the Leafs and the Bruins and uh, much, much more here on 6.30 Chad Inside Sports tomorrow. Raptors, one win away from the Eastern Conference semifinals. DeMar DeRozan, 32 points. The Raptors pulled away in the final few minutes to beat the Wizards, 108-98. Jonas Valanciunas with his 13th career playoff double-double. He played eight and a half minutes in the fourth quarter. He didn't play a single minute, a single second in the fourth quarter in the first four games. So, hey... Head coach Dwayne Casey, you have a formula now. Why don't you play Mr. Valanchunas a little bit more in the fourth quarter 
in game number five, which is uh, Friday in Washington. Major Leagues of Baseball tonight, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays down 4-3 to the Boston Red Sox in the top of the eighth inning. Other hockey game to talk about tonight is in Leftbridge. The Hurricanes up 2-1 against the Swift Current Broncos. Uh, Dylan Steenberg, or Tyler Steenbergen just scored uh, for the Broncos to cut that lead to 2-1. to one. The uh, Broncos have a two games to one lead in their Eastern Conference Final. Western Conference Final resumes tomorrow. Tri-City Americans taking on the Everett Silver Tips. The Tips with a two games to one lead. All right. In Boston, here's what has happened so far as they're after two periods of play. The Leafs up 4-3 on the Boston Bruins in Game 7 of their Round 1 Eastern Conference uh, Eastern Conference Series. Now Miller to play it up but not out. Matthews keeps it in along the left wing side. Feeds it in the middle towards Johansson. That missed him. Nylander swings in to pick it up on the right wing. Gardner straight away with a drive. Tip score! Patrick Marlowe was in front. The shot came from the center point and the Leafs strike first in game seven. Just 2.05 in. 19 seconds left on the power play. Here's Krejci far circle. Feathered up top. Pasternak. Rister. They score! Here's Tory Krug in his own end. Slams it up the left wing boards. Patrick Marlowe to keep it alive for Mitch Marner. Trying to thread the needle. Got blocked. Comes back to him. Marlowe with a wrist shot and he scores! From the right wing circle, Patrick Marlowe there again. Set up by Mitch Marner. Goes upstairs to beat Tuka Rask. Marlowe has both Toronto goals and the Leafs with a 2-1 lead in the first period. Krejci digging away. Right in the net now. Rick Nash. Centered. Deflected. Out in front. Heinen shoots. He scores! Forty-three seconds left here in the first. Two-two. Near point. Miller shoots, looking for a bank right of the net. They score! What a savvy play by Kevin Miller. He saw that he didn't have a lane. Went for a bank shot off the end boards. Comes up the far side, and it's Patrice Bergeron in the far circle who snapped it into the empty nets. And the Bruins have. 3-2 lead with 36 seconds left in the first. Nylander has it roll off his stick right to Pollock. There's Dermott straight away. Shot blocked by Pasternak. Dermott stays with it. Walks it to the left circle. A rush shot and he scores! Travis Dermott, his wow. first career playoff goal. And the Leafs have tied it early in the second period. It's 3-3. Anderson without his stick. Gets it handed to him in a shot. Stopped by Anderson. Trying to get the puck is Hainsey. Back to the blue line. It bounces over a stick. Here we go. Kapanen trying to outrun his man. He has. He's in alone. Goes to the net. He scores. Short-handed. Kasperi Kapanen scores short-handed. And the Maple Leafs lead. Four to three. <laughs> a lot of voices in that highlight pack. Uh, we thank uh, the Kellen Kennedy for uh, putting that together. Uh, mm. 
Boston Bruins uh, radio calls. We got the, the national uh, broadcasters on uh, Westwood One and NBC Sports, and also the last call there, Joe Bowen. Joe Bowen. Holy Mackinac. Uh, you know what? I often wonder, and I should have asked this last week when Jack Michaels was in, is he held into the booth by some sort of bungee <laughs> winch system or something, or does Bob kind of hold him by the scruff of his neck when he's played <laughs> these real loud yeah. calls? And that's, I mean, what do you do with Morley? Do you have him winched to something in the in the booth there? I usually Trump let or? Morley do whatever he wants. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just let man. him go. You know, he'll do a lot of the... You know, he'll just get you know, the really emphatic kind of, you know, body, you know, he'll just kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but, you know, he'll he'll double fist a lot, you know, because right. they're like, yeah, yeah, kind of thing. So that's that's his thing. So, and then there's me beside him, you know, doing the old fist pump myself. So. Oh, yeah. Well, you're biased. You, you're biased. <laughs> well, I'm not an unbiased neutral. I don't work for a national broadcaster. No. I know I know which team I want to win, and there you go. And you, I, you are the color analyst for Edmonton Eskimos uh, radio network, so, of course, yeah. there you go. I try to be fair. Yes. That's that's the goal. Is you want to be fair to the game and mm-hmm. both and, and, and be fair to the other side. So, but yeah, but do I want there, the Eskimos to win? Yes. But there's nothing. There is nothing like listening to play by play calls during the playoffs. Oh, it's, this, it's outstanding. The play by play guys, this is their playoffs too. So, this is this is fun for them. No like question. Last year with uh, Jack, got it, finally had a chance to sit down and listen to how he does playoff hockey and that stuff. And that was probably one of the most favorite experiences that I've ever had, you know, in my career was being able to produce yeah. those games for him, especially during the San Jose sh- series. Yeah. Like that game that DeHarnay scored the overtime winner in and what was it, the second overtime mm-hmm. or, or so? Yep. Just unreal. Chills. Unreal. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I remember working, uh, you know, my moment was probably when the Oilers erased a 3 nothing deficit against the Dallas Stars in the last uh, three minutes of the game and Kelly Buckberger won the game in overtime. That there was, you go. Yeah, yep. that was 1997, and I think. And so. my favorite Game 7 moment as a fan, that same series, 1997, yep. Cujo with the big save on Neuendijk, and then Marchant. Yep. We knew he was killer on the breakaways all season because, you know, watching hockey as long as we do up here, you get kind of an intimate knowledge of all our forwards and yep. so forth, and just gave him a breakaway, and we knew that oh, this could be good, and then puts it over top of Andy Moog, Oilers win, knock the stars out. Yep. One awesome. of the best moments in Oilers history. Awesome. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, game 7 uh, underway. Well, Game 7 is underway. Third period is underway in this Game 7 between the Leafs and the Bruins. Leafs with a 4-3 lead. The winner of this game will win the series and move on to play the Tampa Bay Lightning in the uh, second round of the playoffs. That series begins on Saturday in Tampa. We've all played in a Game 7 or a Game 7 type game, Kellen. You know, we've played yeah. enough street hockey, road hockey, floor hockey. Yeah. Any Game 7 type moment for you that you uh, that you remember? Probably playing street hockey with my cousins out in front of my parents' place way back when. And I was the goalie. And, of course, it was like, okay, next goal wins. And then the problem <laughs> was I kept stopping the, the ball. I think we were out there for a good hour 20 after or hour for like 90 wow. minutes or so after like the sun went or the sun went down the street light came on and then it got dark then it got really dark but my cousins were so apoplectic that no we have to end this game <laughs> it's like 2-2 we got to get this done we we were playing 
like almost like a glorified free on free, but there was one goalie per side, and there were two two uh, two uh, players for each side, right? Mm-hmm. And my dad, and my uncle were like you know, watching this and they're like, should we interrupt and that stuff? And then when the arguments kind of got a little bit more heated and that's a bear in mind, we're about seven, eight years old when this is going on. <laughs> they're like, Nope, they got to say, they got to solve this by themselves. Right. And that stuff. And then finally, like when we were done, we came in, it was like close to midnight and it was like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm going to bed. <laughs> you know, and, and that's the moment when you're, we're worried about, Oh, yeah. mom and dad are going to call me. Yeah. My side won, so it was all good. So okay, yeah, excellent, good stuff. <laughs> I remember uh, this was in grade eight, I believe. It wasn't a best of seven; it was a best of three, and just you know, good for Z teachers know how to create scenarios to make it exciting. So yeah. you, you split the teams up in, into into two, and okay, we're playing a championship yeah. best of three. We are my team that I played yeah. on uh, won in game three. And uh, I was the stay-at-home defenseman, yeah. and it was uh, I was probably a third pair at the time, so it was it was exciting. Speaking of uh, game sevens going on right now, Boston just tied at four-four. Tory Krug with a ripper from the point, absolute ripper, absolutely. And you know what, Dave? I I just smell overtime in this game. Yeah, so do I. we're going to overtime. <laughs> How many overtimes can we go in a game that you know has had so much goal scoring? And so many goals. I mean, I think this game could go on for a long time. I really do. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets will get underway on Friday against the the Nashville Predators, and we can't wait for this series to get underway. Uh, Patrick Laine, who has been dealing with an injury, uh, he did not, or he left practice early both Sunday and yesterday, did not practice today, but head coach uh, Paul Maurice didn't express any concern uh, about line A status. Brian Little, who's a veteran center on that team, pretty good center too. Uh, to be a third-line center on that Jets team is uh, is quite impressive, and he's a pretty good player. But uh, Little says, you know, we've had injuries all season long. If if line A can't play, we have depth. It's really out of my control. It's out of all of our control. I mean, it's it's up to him and, and the trainers to, to help him along, and um, we'll see how he feels. I mean, that's We've dealt with these things all year, losing key guys. Um, so we're prepared either way. He's uh, one of the best goal, goal scorers in the league. Um, you know, but like I said, we have guys that can step in there. I mean, Scheifs has got a great shot himself. And, um, you know, we got guys that can step in pretty seamlessly there. By the way, the uh, Jack Adams Award nominees were uh, announced today. This goes to the best coach in the National Hockey League. Uh, Bruins head coach Bruce Cassidy, along with the Vegas Golden Knights, Gerard Gallant, and Colorado Avalanche head coach Jared Bednar are the nominees. Got to think probably Gerard Gallant's going to be the leading candidate for that award. Uh, yeah, I think we could probably ship the or or keep the award in Las Vegas because they hand them out in Vegas anyway. Yeah, that's but right. That, that's one that they just keep at the building for them. The, the old ragtag bunch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They're exciting to watch, man. I think there's a lot of Vegas Golden Knights fans. There's going to be a movie made about this team someday <laughs> that somebody's going to put together. Yeah. Or, or based off of this team. Like, this is just, it, and it's going to be amazing, like, you know, 10 or 15 years down the road to read about this and the whole yeah. process on how they did this. I would favor them over the Sharks. I, I think it will be a much closer series than uh, what both teams experienced in round one, sweeping yeah. their way to round two. But, oh, absolutely. But I got to favor Vegas here. Mm. So, yeah. all the, I mean, this is going to be a tough, low-scoring series. Both goaltenders yeah. are playing well. Yeah, and I, 
I favor Vegas, and I also favor Winnipeg over Nashville. I think that'll be a long series as well, probably about six or seven games Yeah, in my mind. Uh, who do you think with Winnipeg and Nashville? Oh, boy. Um, That's a tough one, isn't it? You know, I picked the Preds to go all the way uh, to the final, so I don't want to be that guy that just switches automatically. But right. based on round two... You got to, or based on round one, you got to favor the Jets, I think, over the Preds. They impressed me a lot. Yeah, they did. Mm -hmm. Now, the Predators are a much better hockey team than the Wild are. Oh, <laughs> miles. So I, time. I think the Preds experience. Now, I, I'm I'm saying this because I picked, <laughs> I picked the uh, National Predators to go to the Cup final against the Bruins. By the way, um, but I think the Preds. I think their experience and the fact that that defense core is so good, although they only had one goal from their defense core in the whole uh, first round against Colorado. So, right. But I tell you what, Winnipeg can come at you in, in waves. Right. So, And just I, to quickly wrap it up, I'll take Pittsburgh in the series against Washington, and then on the other side, it's Tampa and the winner of this one, right? Yeah. So I'll wait until tomorrow to name my winner off of that one. There you go. There we uh, go. I'm going to say Washington. The okay. Caps finally break through. All right. Since saying that, Penn's probably sweep them in four straight. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we uh, we will pick up Stanley Cup playoff action when round three begins. Conference finals will begin, uh, let's just say, just over two weeks. Yeah, about early to mid-May-ish, yep. I would say. And yep. then we will carry uh, the Stanley Cup final as well. So, 6.30 Chad, the official voice of the Stanley Cup playoffs here in the city of Edmonton. We are proud of that. And we are here for, uh, by the way, we are brought to you by Northern Chicken. Attend the perfect marriage of bird and beer, a five-course meal paired with six collective art beers prepared by guest chefs from Solstice and Pharaoh RSVP at Northern Chicken, yeg.com. It is 4-4 Bruins and the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs with about... Uh, Four minutes gone in the first period of play. We'll be back to wrap this evening's edition of Inside Sports in a moment. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. Well, that escalated quickly. Absolutely. Tory. Danger zone time. Yes, indeed. Tory Krug tied the game up. With his, uh, let's see here, second goal of the playoffs, and Jake DeBrusque has just given the Bruins a 5-4 lead with over 13 minutes left to play in the third period. That's the problem for the Bruins, is that the Toronto Maple Leafs are scrappy, and the shots are almost double now in favor of the Bruins. It's 31-16. The Bruins have had six shots on goal in the third period. The Leafs have had zip so there's the difference in the game right now. It's was a pretty even game through the first two periods. The Bruins had more offensive zone time, but the scoring chances were pretty even. Um, the quality scoring chances were pretty even, but now it's starting to really tilt in the favor of the Boston Bruins. And the difference tonight is Freddie Anderson is not standing on his head like he was in games five and six of the series. But still lots of hockey left to play. Also a little bit of shade being thrown by Jake DeBrusque to the Leafs bench. They just showed on TV where he skated by to get the congratula congratulatory, uh, I guess, the fist pumps as he skates by. He skated right by the Leafs bench, kind of waving the Bruins logo <laughs> in the Leafs' face. 
That's called salty. Mm. Hashtag salty. That's called playoff hockey. Yes, it is. Yeah, in your face. That's right. Uh, Lethbridge Hurricanes, they have a 3-1 lead after one period of play against the Swift Current Broncos. Game four of the Eastern Division Final, Eastern Conference Final. Uh, Hurricanes with a win will even up that series at two. Toronto Raptors. One win away from the second round. They beat the Washington Wizards by a score of 98 in Game 5 of their series in Toronto. Game 6 is back in Washington. And the Boston Red Sox with a 4-3 lead on the Toronto Blue Jays. They're in the top of the ninth inning. And it's 5-4. The Boston Bruins over the Toronto Maple Leafs mid, about midway through the third period in Boston. Game 7 of their Round 2 East or Round 1 Eastern Conference Series. Round 2 begins tomorrow with two games, Pens and Caps, Knights and Sharks. We'll talk about those games. Much more on Inside Sports tomorrow. Our studio producer Kellen Kennedy. Thanks boss. Appreciate your help tonight. What a night. You betcha. I'm Dave Campbell. We'll see you tomorrow night. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.